Pornhub. Pornhub. The Pornhub Podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Pornhub Podcast. Our guest today is the most famous porn star in the world. She's topped the yearly Pornhub rankings numerous times. She's one of the people I respect and look up to the most in the world. She is the OG MILF herself, Lisa Ann. Hello there. What an intro. Did, that, did you have to read that? Did you yeah. pre-type it? I usually like write out the intro. You're what do you so do? cute. I just kind of memorize it, mm-hmm. but I should probably write it out. But I kind of play things out of my head because doing radio has made me build my life into segments. And so when I look over the rundown of my two or my three hour show, I used to write everything down. I'd spend hours and then I'm just like, no, because once you write it down, you remember it. So now I just say it back to myself in about a nine to a 12-minute segment repeatedly what I'm going to talk about and it just comes out like my whole life is now like a radio program it's kind of like shooting a porn scene like you just have a good feel of when like 25 to 30 minutes is yeah up. You like do. you just know unless it's a great scene then, right that's then true then they say we have enough footage and you're like oh you're no like, please it's been five minutes yeah did we really start <laughs> yeah I'm sorry so you're back I'm back so what what happened like what caused this decision it was uh I started thinking about it December of 2016. Oh, wow. And I decided that I would write myself a little journal entry and a mission statement every month and touch base in with, is this something I really want to do? And I started to reach out to some of my friends in the industry that I've stayed in touch with. Now, let's flash back to 2015. The last time I saw you was at the XBiz Awards uh, in LA. Mm -hmm. And that was the beginning of a very intense time in my life. Because if you remember... Somebody decided to get up on stage and go on to this entire rant about me. And it right. was an incredible bullying thing before we were even talking about bullying. And I think by then you weren't even there. I left already because <laughs> I knew it wasn't a good idea for me to stay. Right. You know, because um, when I went up on stage to present an award, I was heckled immediately by this person and by the table. And I was like, well, you know, what was cool about that was I got to go up first. So I can just tell them thank you for letting me go up first and leave because obviously... I'm past at that point. I was over 40. Like, am I really going to start scrapping with somebody? So you knew that was going to happen. I didn't know it was going to happen. But when I got up on stage to present the award and I saw where they were sitting, I knew it was potentially going to happen. And then it started. And when she started heckling me, you know, the funny thing was her webmaster was standing next to me. And I was like, this is the perfect opportunity to throw some of my own stupid comedy in the mix right now. And I said to her one of my favorite sayings to say to people, I said, "Uh, that's one of your girls, isn't it? And she said, yes. And I said, you know, you should probably check your pet. I love that expression. I don't know. When a guy's girlfriend's acting up, I'm always like, check your pet, yo. It's pretty degrading. So she heckled and I just that night said into the microphone, like, this isn't the time or place for this. But I knew why should I stay? Why should I stay somewhere where somebody's being this negative in front of me? No one's stopping it. No one's, it's not safe. So when I left and the greatest text I got when I got home, because of course, when I got home, it started. I realized how many people are so desperate to jump on a bandwagon in Mm -hmm. any business, cult, gang, whatever form of group Mm -hmm. you want to belong in. People that I had recently paid for my production company to shoot for me that I never knew had a bad experience with me were jumping on this whole bandwagon of what a horrible human being. And it was mind-blowing, but it was Nina Hartley that sent me a text that said, you know, there's this young girl on stage talking about you. And she keeps talking about how old you are. Does she know how old I am? And that was all I needed to kind of... That's all you need. 
ultimate icebreaker <laughs> because as you said in the intro how you respect me right i've always respected nina right and so with the woman that i knew when i was a house girl at 18 years old in pennsylvania reaches out to me during a situation that was really dark for me I was just like, okay, all is good in my world. And Nina Hartley is kind of like the godmother of porn. Yeah. Like, if as long as you get her approval, yeah, who you're fucking good. cares? And she made it so funny. Right. Because to her, you know, and, she, and she, so that started a year, like the toughest year of my life. You know, it's really scary to me because like you and that, per- I, I'm not going to get into that too much, but right. like you and that person used to be close friends. Yeah. So it's like, but it's almost this thing of like, in porn, you see two two women being really close friends and I'll say even especially that person this is true with them like it's only a matter of time until they're feuding yeah like what what's up with that is it a woman thing is it a porn thing you know what I taking this step away helped me so much so Mm -hmm. I will say this everything that I went through that year carrying on to the next year thank god I was releasing my book in 2015 because it kept me grinding on something Mm -hmm. it kept me thinking about but I mean my radio station was getting harassing calls my family was getting harassing calls like this stemmed to so many police visits here at my house and just one thing after another and uh taking that step back and then once the dust settled and I went through a year that was really dark for me. I didn't travel. I didn't go anywhere. New Year's Eve 2016 to 2017, I said, okay, you're going to travel a bit this year. Mm -hmm. Let's do a couple fun things. Let's get out. Like, let's just see how you feel about yourself again. I mean, I was such a shut-in. My friends had to visit me here. Mm -hmm. The only time I got out was the gym and the grocery store. Mm -hmm. Like, that's it. And luckily, I'd been able to set up a studio and do my shows from home. So I did not have to interact with humans. And I couldn't. I I was there. So in 2017, I started to venture out a little bit. I did a couple exoticas. Mm -hmm. I went to the Kentucky Derby with my friends. Mm -hmm. I went to the NFL draft. Like I started to be out and I was like, okay, that was really intense at that time. But did I allow myself to run from something? Because when I retired, I was still going to produce movies. Mm -hmm. I was still going to direct. I was still going to have my production company going, did I really let myself get bullied out of the life that I lived and I loved for the past 20 plus years? Right. That fucking hit me. Right. But I still didn't want to jump back into doing scenes, which is why I waited a year of asking myself these continual questions. Do you think you were like just rubbed the wrong way by the whole thing? Yeah, the whole thing. Yeah. Do you still feel the backlash of that now? I don't. And what's great is... That's great. I took the time to really heal. I took Mm -hmm. the time to learn. You have to forgive. Even though you don't want to forget, you have to forgive. I mean, girl, during my dark times, I was going to church a lot. Mm -hmm. I was doing anything I could to find that space where I could be in the right energy that would help me just move the fuck on. Get over it. Just get over it. You know, like... I find myself like really disappointed with our industry a lot when it comes to things like, I mean, quote unquote, group think, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and I feel like that's happening more and more lately. Um, I don't, you weren't like so much around you. You just came back. But like, so you were here for the August. Ames I was. Thing. No, and, I w- and I've been paying attention for the whole past year because it was one of the things I was using as is this a sign I should or shouldn't do it? Well, there's so many aspects of that, I think. Like, obviously, you know, it's devastating that a woman in our industry took her life. But it's also devastating that this other woman is being accused essentially of her murder. And like the people that, you know, she's friends with and like people that she's hired, people that would never have said a bad word before are coming out now and calling her a murderer and blaming her for August's death. And it's like, it's kind of really similar to what happened to you, I think, is like everyone, everyone was a Lisa Ann friend until 
suddenly this really irrational thing happened and like I was team you I'm not just saying this because you're here we and had I think seen you know each other this. that night yeah we've and always like, been neutrally I've, respectfully of each other yeah and it was and you like, also don't jump on bandwagons to be negative right it's not your jam and it's it's just and it like shouldn't horrifying be. but what it is is and, and and when I've taken this step back you know there's such a lack of education in the business mm-hmm. and it's because no one needs to grow anymore because they feel like they're making enough money what the fuck else do I need to do? But when right. I was going through that dark time, I started a goal of reading a book a week. Mm-hmm. And then I stuck with that goal. And I still, and I've changed so much from the reading that I've done. Right. And I've realized like no one's growing or educating. So the only way they can feel like they belong to something and have something to talk about mm-hmm. is if they jump on this bandwagon and if they get involved with this group and for some, and it's, and it's so negative because, you know, when this was happening, I spent endless hours direct messaging people saying, this is not what our fans follow us on social media for. Right. Let's just take it there. I'm not giving an opinion. I'm not taking sides. Right. I don't want you to be mad that I'm taking sides. I'm not taking sides. I'm just saying like, come on, I stopped following friends on Facebook over the election because they were talking about it too much. I can see that shit on the news. I go to social media. I want to see your, especially Facebook. I want to see your dogs. I want to see your kids. I want to see the remodel. I want to see your garden. Like I know what I'm looking for when I go right, to Facebook. Right. It's Saturday Read mornings. The room. I go Saturday mornings for one hour. It's the only time I have to just check on everybody's. And my friends laugh because I like like 12 posts at a time from their whole week because that's how I go through it. I right, look at right. everything and just like, You're you know, binging. I, I'm binging, but I don't want to see that so I tried to reel it in that way Mm -hmm. and then I tried to start conversations with people about how we should be communicating Mm -hmm. you know in the NFL when something happens or in Major League Baseball when something happens everyone reaches out from every team in a kind and passionate way Mm -hmm. but they're also very private about it some of these things could be handled in person by text Mm -hmm. or face-to-face or a phone call they don't need to be shared on social media do you think taking it to social media is like something specific to porn yeah, well, I mean, it's kind of everybody does it now. I mean, everybody does it. But maybe it, but, especially But I us. do think because we get this instant gratification, mm-hmm. right? Your feverish masturbators want to agree with everything you say. Mm-hmm. So then next thing you know, they're joining in the bandwagon and they're jumping on this other person. It's like you, rallying your troops in a very negative way. I also feel like, and I've been saying this for a while now, like I'm definitely of I'm in that group that thinks like I think 18 is too young for porn and like I've always said 21 I've always said 21 your brain is still developing yeah yeah and like when you and you'll say no to a double anal at 21 maybe at 18 you wouldn't (laughs) and I got in at 23 and I feel so lucky that like I had that voice to say no at 18 I absolutely didn't and not only that but like you take someone from living with their parents has never paid a bill in their life to making thousands of dollars a day, being treated like a star, having hundreds having of no taxes of taken out of their checks. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's a whole other thing. And it's just like it's complicated. Listen, athletes, we can't expect these people to be normal people. Right. We can't. You know, like of course they're not growing. So they don't when need to. when Shyla Styles passed, and mm-hmm. then shortly after August Dame passed, and shortly after, and I'll tell you, we had a quite a you know we had a quite mm-hmm. a little run of loss. And I really started realizing another thing about me coming back. It is important for someone that's doing something else that's involved in other things to be spreading her little pixie dust around this industry. It's positive. It's helpful. It can stimulate things. So I started to really reach out. And even yesterday, 
I had Gina Valentina here. I don't know if you've met her yet. Mm-hmm, I have. love her. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about our Shopify stores. I was telling her I'm going to pause mine when I'm on my trip. And then I showed her how to do it because she wants to pause hers. Mm-hmm. And showed her stamps.com. I realized something that I'm seeing with these girls right now. All of the loss that happened at the end of the year last year has made them thirstier forever than to learn and to want to be better. And I'm also teaching them, like, this is no different than any other business. You're a young entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. You're building capital for your next form of life, whatever it may be. And you have to look at everything you're doing like a business. You have to schedule the amount of time every day that you're going to fill orders for your store until you're caught up. Mm-hmm. Customers are giving you their credit card. Like, you have to let them believe you. Don't procrastinate. The more you procrastinate... The more you procrastinate. Mm -hmm. And by talking with them this way, and by talking with them as total equals, like, you know, when she came over and we did a little tour of my place and she said, I love your place. I said, well, every beautiful young porn star should have a beautiful place, right? Mm -hmm. You should have a beautiful place. Like, this is how it should be. And Mm -hmm. just teaching them, showing them, like, this is possible. And be positive. And also, I'm not allowing two things on my sets. No gossip. Mm Mm-hmm. I have a no gossip rule. Don't talk about your other sets. Don't complain about other people. That just generates more negative shit. And mm-hmm. I don't want to have sex after in a room of all of this weird karmic and energy. Also, and also like negative energy. It just takes that one seed. It really does. I think that's why it's so dangerous. Like you always see it in the worst is a, a, a lesbian orgy. It just takes that one bad seed and it spreads like wildfire. And next thing you know, everyone's complaining about how they've been on set for too long. Right. It's so dangerous. And then the second thing I'm not allowing is phones. Okay. Uh, so I have a no phone rule because when we started shooting, we had no phones. And we stayed connected the whole day. We mm-hmm. hung out with each other. You know, we sat off set when they were changing the lights and talked. If it was during the scene, we had to keep fucking while they were changing the lights because there was no Viagra. Mm-hmm. And you had to keep your partner hard. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like we got to know each other more each day on set. It had more of an impact. And we got done quicker. Right. I'm done by 4.30 because we're not fucking around with everybody's phones. Right. And I'm really remembering the day because I'm not taking my brain as much as we think we can multitask Mm -hmm. we can't your brain needs time to switch off and switch back on to what you're doing that's why it's not a good idea to text and drive and even like psychologically like even as a girl I don't have to keep my dick hard Mm -hmm. but when I'm doing a scene with someone and then every time we cut they're going to check their phone maybe they're talking to their girlfriend whatever it's like you're breaking the chemistry I agree every time I completely agree and the scene suffers just a little bit more I completely agree your momentum changes your Mm -hmm. skin tone changes your temperature changes you go cold hot cold hot Mm -hmm. you're in the zone you get pulled out of the zone you can only do that so many times just like sports you know what I mean so I like that connection I'm glad to see you and like I've always seen you as like so much of a mentor and it's I think like even when I started feature dancing, I remember you just telling me all these things. I remember you saying like never, for example, one I really remember is never settle for a less like a bad hotel room. Oh, a bad hotel room. Yeah. And you were like, because that's what they think of you. Mm -hmm. If you settle for that bad hotel room, you're letting them know it's okay to think of you like that. It's psychological. You know, how hard, staying at a Westin Mm -hmm. where you have a beautiful bed, a nice room and a mini 24-hour room service because we get back late and a nice gym, doesn't it make you want to work harder for the club? Mm -hmm. I tell clubs this. Like, if you want the girls to come in and do the right thing, do the right thing by them. Right. Let them have a safe in their room. Let them feel safe in their room. Right. Shitty-ass outdoor entrance bullshit. Are you fucking kidding me right Right. now? Hell no. (laughs) But I think you, like, really... I think 
you're so good at that mentoring thing and then you're also I think you love it right like I think I realized I really do and I missed it I feel like I got pushed out of being able to be a part of that you were an agent for a while yeah and And so like was it oh my god that was the worst job I ever had (laughs) see I was just gonna say I imagine you love it because there's so much of that like you know seeing a new girl and guiding her in the right way and it's hard to be in a business where you're competing against other businesses that are shady Okay. So that's where it became difficult because mm-hmm. other people would do other things that I wouldn't do. Not playing do. fair. Yeah. And so like not like. It's like half the Asians are juicing. Yes. Yes. Exactly. So <laughs> it was an unfair reference. playing advantage. And, um, but I loved my staff. You know, Anthony, who's now at OC Modeling, mm-hmm. he was my most fun coworker I've ever had because he had a great sense of humor. Um Fans would call the office all the time asking for the girls, right? right? And he would always go, oh, I'm sorry. The girls are all napping right now. They just had a pillow fight. <laughs> and I would die because so- I knew what happened. But the reason it was tough was crazy shit happens, right. you know? Um, girls lie. You know, I had a pimp come in and put a, pull a gun on me on a girl that was on my site because I didn't know she had a pimp. Um, is that common? Is the yeah, I then put a security door on. I guess I did not think. Do a lot of girls have pimps? You know, there were more than I... I learned a lot. And is that like... Okay, when you say pimp, is that like the classic like they're feather supposed hat to be, wearing they're supposed cane to be, holding not really that dramatic but okay. they're supposed to be splitting their money with him no matter Spl- what and what's the split it's usually 50 50 believe Jesus. it or not and they're not supposed to be getting jobs outside of them so when these pimps scour the websites and find one of their girls on they're like yo you owe me money for my girl or you take your you know and it gets ugly and it's so just, they're also their agent in, in a, a way. sense. And then the other thing a very is illegal girls get agent. arrested and bail bondsmen call you and you have to make this executive decision. Like, do I spend my money to get this girl out of jail? And do I leave her in? Like, that's a lot of pressure. Have you ever bailed someone out? I did bail a couple people and out, but w- some of them I didn't. Cause, like, but what some- happens? Do you get your money back? Like, what- If they show up at court. So you just got to babysit that person and make sure you are taking them to court. And Because if they just don't show so up So they're in court, your custody essentially as much as you can keep a porno girl in your custody yeah i mean that's yeah i can't even imagine i would not want a tiger by a tail i don't envy the person and it was also like it was a 24-hour job because these other agents will answer their phone at midnight right you know so i also had to answer my phone at midnight it was just like it was non girls would call me at two o'clock in the morning hey lisa do i have a check at the office and i'd be like I don't know. I'm not at the office right now. Do you think you could check? I'm like, so you want this check right now if it's there. So most likely you're going to take it to some crackhead fucking 24 hour check right. cashing store. It's going to take like 15% in the middle of the night because you need this money. I'm not going to the office. Yeah. But that was, it was, it's like that Chris Rock joke. Like no one goes to the ATM machine at 3 a.m. Yeah. for a good reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I feel like we're like going backwards in your career. But like, so at that time you were not performing. I didn't start really performing again until Palin. I mean, so I did, that's what I was going to ask. I performed in 2005, did you come back for 2000. Palin? No, I was shooting some MILF stuff, but I just didn't have time to shoot as much. So I shot like once a week, let's okay. say, right? But I wasn't shooting a lot. And it was the, the Palin thing that I wasn't feature dancing much then because I had the office and it was a 24 7, seven days a week job. Um, and then Palin happened. And of course, then I just got so busy, I realized this is probably the time. Palin happened in 2008. And I sold the agency in 2010. So you actually did the Sarah, pa- the first Sarah Palin parody the year I got in. And I came to the set. Oh, no way. Yeah. So the first one that Jerry I just T like was walked shooting? through it. Um, so I, I was with it? Van Styles, and he was like, hey, want to go check, check this set out? I think it was for Hustler, right? 
And so we went to the set and we saw you. And then like, so for as long as I've known you, you've been like this crazy huge star. But I remember you telling me once that like it didn't really happen until Palin. Yeah. So what was going on before Palin? Like were were you even categorized as a MILF? I was categorized as a MILF. Are you the first MILF? I kind of was because I started... When Desperate Housewives came about, that series, okay, that's when companies started really reaching out and, and shooting MILFs. And do you remember Laura from Naughty America? Yes. So Laura called me one day, because I don't know if you know, I was an agent at Derek's office mm-hmm. for almost a year. And Laura called me one day at the office, and then I was shooting like a couple times a month. And she said, uh, we want to shoot you for Naughty America, but can we call you a MILF? And I'm like, oh, do you call me whatever the fuck you want? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? As long as you're paying me. Because, you know, I what I didn't know was back then some girls didn't want that that title. So though I was well-known and browsers and all of the sites really help you become more well-known, right. it was Palin that took me to that place of being like pop culture. Yeah. And that Household makes it name. so different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody knows you. And at that time, everyone's comfortable talking to you Mm -hmm. because they know that everyone knows who you are. It's not just the porn girl anymore. It's the girl like, oh, my God, she did that Palin thing. Mm -hmm. So it just opened up this world of like, it was very comical, too, because everyone found it entertaining. Nobody was really offended. So at that point, did everyone already know who you were? Yeah, because you were an agent in the business. Yeah, yeah, in the business, yes. But were you like... Were you like a huge star? I never saw myself that way, so I don't know. It's a tough question yeah, to answer. That's you know so what I mean? Crazy. Palin just pushed me to a level that was like undeniably like my first feature booking after Palin was the Deja Vu tour in Michigan. And I was like, I think it was Lansing. And I got up after my show and I went down to do pictures and everybody in the club was in line for a picture. And the line was wrapped around the four walls of the club. And I had right. never seen anything like that. So to me, that meant like Okay, I think I'm popular now. There should be a word for that feeling when you come out of your dressing room and there's a long-ass line for the merch table. Oh, my God. That's such a good feeling. Oh, and, and I love it when you're busy up until, like, they come get you, like, oh, you have 15 minutes to yeah. your next show. You're like, fuck yes. <laughs> fuck yes. And reversely, I mean, I don't think there's a shittier feeling than when you go to a gig and you're like, oh, there's no one here. Yeah. And I don't know that those few people that are here are even here to see me. (laughs) Did they even promote this gig? Is one of them one of the girl's drivers? (laughs) What the fuck happened? Are the showtimes wrong? What am I doing here? I would imagine that like the person who loves gambling would love this, like the two sides of that coin, just the adrenaline and like the the loss and the win. I can't really think of a word, but I do remember I took my own Polaroid pictures of the lines because I was like I gotta show these to my fucking friends <laughs> this is like this is all I heard was the cash register sound like like the, the slot machine just going ding 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 I was like everybody wanted a pan on DVD <laughs> so, so are you feature dancing now I just did my first gig at the dollhouse in Tampa mm-hmm. I'm sure you've been there mm-hmm. a great club the I'm dollhouse. doing the with two e's I'm doing um maybe five or six gigs this year but mm-hmm. here's the caveat I refuse to go through agents this time around okay because you know what they sucked the last time around yeah they're not good at business mm-hmm. now that I've worked for Sirius since 2013 and I understand how different businesses work and I've been studying other adventures I realize no I should not have still been fighting with them 
for a hotel room that's decent on the last also you know everyone tour. like i don't think anyone has danced at more clubs than you so have. you'll last and also so you know i let all of my 18 month contracts expire mm-hmm. so okay? now you can do fresh and then what ones. i did was i started reaching out to strip clubs and i started hosting mm-hmm. so most of the clubs i'm feature dancing at are clubs that were already willing to pay me a decent amount to host so now it's like adding on to take my clothes off so it right, ends up right. being but would you believe after i booked the dollhouse the agents reached out to me and asked me if they wanted to do my contract Oh, wow. I was like, you motherfucking cockroach is just coming out when the light comes on with your hand out. So that's actually the reason I stopped feature dancing. Because I couldn't. Uh, I think we had the same agent. Yeah. And I could not get along with him. And like, yeah. I'm like. Easy. I'm You're so on time. easy. You don't get wasted. And not you don't cancel that, like, shows. I never want to cause a problem. You, you know what I mean? cause a problem. So to me, like if someone's fighting with me, it's like, especially in business, it's like you're probably a fucking asshole <laughs> yeah and you know what else it's like i you you weigh out the time and the aggravation and you're like this isn't worth, worth it. my time this yeah. isn't worth my time this is what enabled this is this does not enable me to love and this, i think what I'm you doing. and i were just talking about this before we even started recording is like when porn is the job when the job is your body it's like you just have to do whatever makes you happy yep. and the second you're sacrificing something or doing something not your way, even slightly, it becomes a sad job. You and know? also, I don't want to make money for people who don't have a respect for me professionally. Mm-hmm. I am bringing you a paycheck every week as my agent. Right. And I would deposit that cash in their bank account Monday mornings. Well, that's the other thing. You know, I like, like a lot of agents like, I don't tend to con- act like your boss. And I don't want to contribute to that anymore. And mm-hmm. now it's like with some people, I'm just like, listen, I'm going to tell you exactly. And you know what I'm doing now this time around? So <laughs> everyone's coming out and like reaching out to me to mm-hmm. shoot. So I don't want to shoot for other people, but I did come up with an unreasonable rate just mm-hmm. in case, right? But no right. one will pay it. And I know no one right. will pay it. So it's a nice way to say no. Right. So they've been kind of coming back at me and I'm like, this is my rate. I really don't want to shoot for under, I understand. Then they come back at me with an offer and I write back to them. So, you know, my vagina is not a swap meet. <laughs> I'm going to save you the hassle and I'm going to now block your number so you don't ever insult me or embarrass yourself again. Well, that's the I other thing. I don't need you. Think... And they give you that like, oh, how about this? You could do this many scenes in this many days. Right. Like, and I barter. I don't work like a fucking. It's also, I think, you know, a lot of times like people will hear someone's rate and be like, oh, that's ridiculous. I can't believe she's charging that much. But it's like. Who fucking cares? We can put any price we want. Just because, like, there's a standard, it doesn't necessarily mean, like, it's ridiculous that you would want X amount for your vagina. And also, let's talk about dancing. You can go to a club, okay, Mm -hmm. and you know that club is selling bottles, and you can look over and go, okay, those guys over there just spent Mm $5,000. But yet, when you talk to your feature agent about the same rate that you've been getting for five years, Mm -hmm. like, oh, well, we don't raise rates. If I was a dance agent, I would just put a three to five uptick in percentage every feature booking the girl comes back because then the club's already agreed to it in the beginning, and also the girl's going to bring back more customers each time. Right. Guys that already came to see her coming and they're bringing more people do you ever so think like, about opening up a feature dance agency? that is the only agency thing i would do mm-hmm. i would potentially do that mm-hmm. because it's something that i really think could be better for the girls mm-hmm. and it would not and it would not cause the club issue it's funny now that i'm booking myself i give them the contract i send them the promo so there's no weird photos being chosen right. for me I pick my hotel, get a confirmation number. They just have to pay on it. I pick my flight. I get a confirmation number. They just have to pay on it. It takes a day and it's all done. Right. And you know what time you're taking off that works with traffic, that works with everything you're doing. Right. It was so hard to get decent flights and decent hotels. Two connections. Two connections to go from here to Pittsburgh. Right. You know, so it's like if those things could be ironed out. 
and the feature market was better for the girls and the girls were treated better by an agent, what would change is this. Girls wouldn't rely on shooting as their only form of income. Mm -hmm. And I always tell the girls, the reason you don't want to rely on shooting as your only form of income is because if there's a shutdown, you don't want to be in a panic. Mm -hmm. And you want to have this as your something to do. I mean, I was shooting. There was a shutdown. We stopped shooting, but the next week I had a feature booking. The following weekend I had a, I had a bookstore tour. Mm -hmm. So my schedule is already has that variance where I just take a beat. It doesn't right. really affect it's me. It's just a cut of your money. It's right. not all of your money. And so I think they would do featuring and like the money, but I think a lot of them have called the agents and said, I just didn't like him. And that's why they're not doing it. Yeah, it's it's. I always I've always said this about dancing. It's not the dancing that sucks because the dancing is awesome. It's so fun. It's everything it's around so it. Yeah. And it's dealing with the agency. Yeah. and it's it's all of that. And, and it's, traveling is like, exhausting. Yeah, traveling is exhausting, but it could be less exhausting yeah, if you weren't on that shitty ass flight. Right, right, completely. And you know, the dancing thing for me, it's so social because I'm not a nightclub person. On I my always time say off. this too. This is this dancing is, is my the social only time life. I listen to new music. Mm -hmm. it's, yep. it, I don't even know what's out. Like I had to ask friends to give me. It's set the only time you're meeting because, new people. Yeah, and it's the only time I'm around belligerently drunk people mm -hmm. and I'm not annoyed because mm -hmm. I would never do that in my mm -hmm. free time. Yep, because there's a purpose to it aside yeah. from just you know, and then there's also the thing of like I think once you're in porn it I'm so much more comfortable talking to fans not necessarily of me but just a porn fan because I'm like okay you get it we're on the same page you don't hate me your default isn't to judge me you know what I mean like it's it's we're already on that same playing field whereas like you go out and meet someone you don't know you have no idea you have to be you have no so idea how careful long, yeah, what yep, you, you're yep. saying you're like so you don't guarded. know how much to, yeah you're so guarded mm -hmm. You don't know who's so, taking a picture of you when you're not looking. Right. All of these other things. No, so it's the worst. to me, the dancing is my social life. So I'm going to take this tour in Italy. Mm -hmm. So right now I'm trying to make a list of all the conversations that I have at a strip club and trying to learn those in, in Italian because I'm listening to my Italian audiobooks, right? And so I'm doing an hour a day and I'm getting pretty good. Like, and I usually can briefly learn a language before I go somewhere. Mm -hmm. But being there for a month to five weeks, I'm going to get to you're have gonna conversation. You're going to come back speaking Italian. Right. But. In no audiobooks are they covering my stripper words. Right. So now I downloaded an app where you can type the word in. It says it back to you. Right. Doesn't let you go to the next word until you say it back properly. Because there's definitely like maybe 30 answers that if right. you could say those, you'd be good. You'd and I'd be like to be able to, to have... talk about money. Right. I really want to be able to talk about money. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to, I, to rely I, I on I need someone. to know is the club taking a split from my dances? Like these are, yo, you don't understand. I've been writing down like what are my key points of interest? This like, is like how do I talk to the DJ? Like, what do I, say I go to I go to the Korean spa a lot to get body scrubs and like they do this weird thing where they scrub your asshole really hard wow. and I, like my asshole is like I've been using my asshole like my asshole is my job yeah like you need to go easy Be, yeah, but I don't like know how I say face. that in Korean treat right and it's like if they're if there's one phrase I need to learn in yeah. Korean, it's please don't scrub my asshole so hard. <laughs> well, or please go easy on my asshole. How hard but where do I where do I find these words? You're gonna have to look them you know? up like and, I'm doing. And stuff like that. It's like you look them up, but it it's not necessarily like the literal translation not is never right. gonna translate the same way. This is where I'm gonna have to do a little <laughs> fact finding when I get into right. town. But I'm definitely, you know, I'm excited about that. And I'm also this time around, I think one of the other things that pushed me to leave that I realized later was I was just burned the fuck out. Yeah. 
And that happens I was to taking every interview. Mm-hmm. I was doing everything everybody asked. I would look at my schedule and all of a sudden my weeks had run together and now I'm on the road eight weeks in a row mm-hmm. and I wasn't able to say no. And now I'm like, okay, no, you're going to do one movie. Then you're going to go out and do one booking. Mm-hmm. Then you can go to a bookstore. Then you can take a weekend off. Like it can just be a little bit more planned out mm-hmm. and, and enjoyable. But that's also like, I mean... I think that's a luxury you can afford that maybe the new girl can't. Yeah, of course. Of course. Because I think anytime in a freelance business, you gotta hustle. it's so hard to say no because yeah. you don't know. Next month might be totally dead. I know. Even dancing-wise, you know, know. shooting-wise. So you're the, lucky. The great thing about me getting more girls to dance is if they have bookings ahead because we book your dance bookings ahead mm-hmm. if you just know you have one every four weeks one every six weeks mm-hmm. you can make sure that that booking is covering your bills and the thing with dancing is honestly like if you do limit yourself to once a month your year gets booked out it does like it's it's easily yeah so but I'm glad we agree on this topic because so many of the girls have come to me lately and they're like you need to start a dance agency and I'm like well you know I don't know if I can do that because during football season she gets real <laughs> intense you know fantasy football is so big but at the same time there's a little something brewing right now mm-hmm. that I can't talk about mm-hmm. uh, on on the podcast. But if it comes to fruition, I will believe, uh, the world will believe in karma like never before. And uh, it might just so happen that I would be in charge of a dance agency again. That would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I want to go backwards even more. <laughs> this is completely a backwards episode. But like, so before you started the agency, you were performing regularly. Uh-huh. And how long were you doing that for? So I performed in 1997. I took my first break and I took that break in the industry um, because it was when we were dealing with a huge situation with Mark Wallace. Oh, and is that why? And that was that pushed me to the edge because it was, you know, I hadn't worked with him, but it had affected a lot of people. And he was was HIV positive. He was. And he was falsifying a test. Right. And so that to me, like, I was so infected. Yeah. A few people. And I was so young Mm -hmm. that like. It was the first time I had this reality of like, oh my God, someone can fake their test. Like somebody would do that. And it freaked me out. I went to Florida on a feature booking. That same feature booking, I met my husband. Mm -hmm. We stayed together for the whole week and did a ton of ecstasy and had amazing sex. (laughs) And then I came back to California and I went to all my friends. I'm like, I'm going to pack up my shit and move to Florida because I really want to be with this guy I met last week. Yeah. Now I know that when it's like total ecstasy vendor and all that great sex, you should probably try and hang out sober first. But we made it seven more years after that. But we moved oh, in wow. together right away. Right. We lived together after That's knowing a long each other. Run. It was a long. It was a good. Run. I mean, even minus the ecstasy. Yeah, it's my longest relationship <laughs> I ever had. Um, so at that point, you had been in porn or performing for how long? About five years. Okay, and then and that was your first round in. Porn. That was my first round. So what what got you in? Got me in in the first place, yeah. early 90s. Um, I was dancing at Al's Diamond Cabaret. Oh, so you were originally a dancer. Yes. Wait, hold on. You were at Al's? In Reading, Pennsylvania. This place produces More stars. Por- I'll tell you why. Because when you work for Al, this is how he makes you work. You work six days a week. You work weeks on, weeks off. He doesn't let you have weekdays off during the week. Okay. So he teaches you that you'll do like a Monday day. At that time, the club was only open noon to midnight. So you do 12 to 6, girl would come in. So you do a Monday day, Tuesday day, Wednesday, Wednesday night. You know, you, you alternate. Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, every girl did open to close. Okay. We got paid weekly by Al. He paid us a paycheck. Okay. So we would get this paycheck, and then when you wanted time off, you took the whole week off. So I would work three weeks on, one week off as a house girl. Okay. That kind of trained us to be feature dancers. 
feature dancers, yes. And like, also, he had features every single week. But and that you club saw produces them. porn stars. I know. Like Gina Lynn. You, yep. Is, from, is Jenna Jameson from there? No. But she danced there, A right? Lot. Yep. Um, who, who else? I feel like I oh, hear gosh. about this place it, all the time. It'll come. There are there are so many more, and I'm just they're just slipping me as well. But yeah. But I think it was his work regimen. You couldn't be late. Right. There was no drinking. There was no doing drugs. We had no lockers. Everyone trusted everybody back then, and no right. one worried about anything. It was beautiful. And it was such a grind that I think by us watching the features weekly and thinking, like, we're working as much as they're working, and we could go on the road, and he teaches you how to manage your schedule. Like, when you have to work three weeks on one week off you schedule your dentist appointment for your week off you right. get your oil chain you do all your shit so did you meet a feature and just decide to get into porn? I met a ton of features so for okay. the first two years I was there for two years before I came out here um I started meeting with the features and I started like interviewing the girls that were cool and believe it or not some of the girls stayed in touch with me by mail and snail they mail snail mail Oh my God. There was a girl, Lena, who wrote to me regularly. Christy Canyon wrote to me. Um, there were a I lot of nice girls that. in the business. I do it by email now. It's much easier. And they helped me meet people that I could send photos to. Right. So at the time, I didn't have boobs yet and I didn't have my nose done. And so I sent my first, I hired a photographer, had the photos printed, sent them all out to California. And pretty much everybody came back and said, you have to get a boob job. So I was like, okay, you what, know. Is it because your boobs were so small or is it because back then back everyone then, in it was porn kind had a boob of like job. a prerequisite that everybody had a boob job? Yeah. I mean, you know, even like. It was I weird, think, but everyone had one. There were no natural boobs in the business. Well, even now, like, you think of the quintessential porn star and no doubt she has fake boobs. Like, it's or just at least a, a fake ass. Like, right. something now. Something. Right? But something. back then it was the boobs and then my nose. And also, they were very particular back then. They didn't just, we didn't have the internet where people were shooting so much every day. Right. They didn't have the feed, they didn't need to feed the content wheel so much. So right. they could be selective and say, you have to dye your hair or you have to do this. So then my second round was about my nose. I had my nose done. Then I kept sending pictures and finally Lena introduced me to this guy, Peter Davey. And he was like, if you've ever heard of Lucky, there was a guy, Lucky Smith, in the business. These were guys that would bring girls out that they thought could be contract girls. Most likely, they got a finder's fee from the companies. But they would take you around. They would house you and take you around. To on go On go on so, so when you first come out, when you're looking for a contract, you don't want to have sex. Hold on, hold so, on, hold on. But is a contract the only option? I wanted a contract because I wanted to feature dance. Were there freelance people? There were. Okay. But freelance contract, I wanted box covers. When I was interviewing the girls at Al's, I was like, so how do I make the most money on the road? Well, you have to be on the box covers of your movies. You have to do magazines. So your goal was always to up or to like enhance the feature dancing. 100%. It was never, or not that it was never, but it was not so much it about the It was never porn. about being a porn star that everybody knew like I am today. It was never about that. You wanted to I dance more. I just wanted more. to trap. Yeah, I loved dancing. Right. But it gets lame doing it at the same place. You get to know the customer right. so much, almost too much. You also make so much more money feature dancing. You do because you're a limited time offer. And mm -hmm. you can always say you're busy and not stop and talk to somebody. Mm -hmm, it's just mm -hmm. different. It's an unattached way to stay close to yourself but still see the world. And I also mm -hmm. wanted to see the world so bad. Mm -hmm. so, so you got to L.A. So I got to L.A. I stayed with Peter. He signed me up with all this like little solo work, like fetish work and pantyhose magazines at the time. And all this stuff that paid like 300 a day just to but keep not busy sex. but no sex while we were out shopping me going place to place looking for a contract was, back then was it like a contract girl is only val quote unquote valuable if she had never done a boy girl scene before yep okay 
That was it. You couldn't sell yourself to anybody else first because it would. They wanted to be the first. They wanted your porno virginity. Right, right. Okay. So the first shoot I went on before adult uh, that Peter dropped me off at was with Ira Levine, who's now married to Nina Hartley. Okay. And he shot Bondage. And I knew nothing about Bondage. But back then, Bondage wasn't like it is today there was no sex during bondage so it was like you would do a bondage scene but the girls couldn't have sex with each other they would just be flogging oh, interesting. and touching it was so, more like pin yeah so I could do that kind of stuff but still I remember walking into that house on vine and looking at all these rigs and things and seriously I didn't have a cell phone I had a pager I was like I am gonna die here like I let this strange man in California who a porn girl introduced me to from a strip club I do not know anyone here, and this is where I've come to die. Isn't it amazing how brave we are and how that, like, fades over time? That one moment where you're like, <gasps> and I, I got dropped off. I don't know where I am, which I way would, I would walk. If, if I had started my career now, there's no way I would be where I am because oh you're so I'm much just more not, afraid i'm i'm yeah, paranoid no. about everything Every, now i know it sucks doesn't it <laughs> that's it does suck like i don't even get gas or go to the grocery store at night oh, right and okay like okay so i mean prince had called me this morning and we were talking for a minute and he's driving back to vegas tonight and i said you're driving back in the dark he's like yeah i'm like oh my god i can't i can't drive to vegas in the dark it is the abyss out there i'm scared to death it's so fucking dark out i don't there. think you need to worry about prince right but at the same time he was laughing i'm like oh my god you're you're so brave. I said, I'm so scared to drive in the dark. He was laughing. He's like, that's fucking adorable. But it is like the abyss in the desert out there. Right. But so, yeah, the girls were so friendly. Yeah. And they were all so warm. And I still see Christy once a month. I go on her show on Mondays. The first Monday of every month, I visit Christy at Vivid Radio. And I just respect her so much. And mm -hmm. I remember how nice she was to me. And I also remember... Meeting her and seeing her life, she never was an aggressive partier. She never got into any trouble, and she aged really beautifully. And so there were some pace cars that I could look at mm -hmm. because, of course, there were still those other girls that partied, and I was like, yeah, this is not going to be my life. Right. So were you were you always this person from day one? I mean, like, you're so put together and, like... Well, but I've had my party phases, but I never let them be destructive. I never right. let them be on set. I never let them be at work events. I always... My party phases were, like, with my sexual partner. Were to you me, always crazy about working out? Always crazy about working out. I'm really lucky that I've always loved it. But, you know, when I came out here, this is how different it was to be a contract girl. Mm -hmm. They'd be like, okay... So we're going to cover your rate and then we'll give you this much for a car and then what? we'll give you this much for this. And they wanted me to have a personal trainer and a nutritionist because they wanted me to lose like 10 to 15, maybe 20 pounds. And they paid for it. Yeah. And I loved it so much because I grew up on such a limited diet in an Italian family that I didn't know of things like I'd never had an avocado before I came out here. That was just an expensive thing we never You know bought. what? I think that's an East Coast thing because yeah. my dad told me the other day that he had never had an avocado until he came out to California. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, what? How is that possible? But now that I'm thinking of it, when I was growing up, I remember my mom, like whenever we ate avocados, she'd be like, finish the whole thing. That's expensive. Yeah. But it's like now that I'm here, it's like, what? An avocado is like 50 cents. Right. But, but that's a California thing. Yes, it is. Strawberries were more expensive in Pennsylvania too because right. we don't grow them there. Right. So they had to transport all the way across country. So yes, companies did that for you. And I love my is trainer. Is that what your whole salary was based on? Like, was it compartmentalized into like, this is your car Oh no, fee, your salary your... was your salary and these were your add-ons. They also used like to an allowance. let us have have an unlimited credit card expense on our hotel rooms at ABN. 
what yeah we fucked that up for you guys don't worry we got we all got called after one avn we all got called let me tell our, you every avn because you know the hotel's usually taken care of but, but you like to put not your credit the, dark for but I put my credit card down i have never walked away from avn without spending less than three thousand dollars on my room and that's with the room already covered but like you know because you only have time to you only have time service. for room service so you order you don't want to leave the room i order a fruit signing. plate so that i have fruit because it can mm-hmm. sit in the room for a little bit and a coffee that's fucking 40 bucks in right. vegas right there right so that's how Crazy. different it was. Wow. Yeah. Is it, it because the industry was making more money? It's because the industry was making money. And it's also because the, it was much smaller. So they were spreading mm. the wealth through less people. You know, each company may have had one, maybe two contract girls. Vivid had the most in the 90s. But how many girls were there total? I would say probably 15 to 20 contract girls total. What? Yeah. There's, <laughs> And then there was probably only like 25 other girls that worked regularly. And back then, like, how long do you think the average career was? Because now they say it's less than a year. I know, which is so bizarre. Um, You know, we had a lot of loss of that generation of girls as well. I mean, there's very few girls that I worked with in the 90s that are even still with us. Oh, is it because because of the lifestyle? Suicide, whether and a lot of liver failure, so a lot of drinking. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was hard to see what their life cycle was. Do you think it's like due to, I mean, porn is somewhat normalized now i mean i definitely think we're still shunned from society in a lot of ways um, i think they're just jealous because we have better sex than us <laughs> maybe i've always had this theory that anyone who judges sluts is just like jealous that they can be a slut me themselves. too me too but like do you think that's why like maybe i can only imagine like the way it feels being a sex worker now I can only imagine 10 years ago, 15 years ago, it was a lot worse. Actually, it was way better back then. Oh my God, girl, everything revolved around you. The food that you wanted on set would be on set for you and no one would take it. The things that you wanted would be there for you. It was, they were very accommodating on your flights, very accommodating. Your hotel rooms were so nice. I mean, some of the best meals I got to go out on and some of the best, and we were just treated because back then they believed this without us there was no business that's really it's really interesting to me to hear this from you because I was with Wicked for the last four years I'm not with them anymore but I was and like I was the only there were three of us contract girls for the last few years and it was me Stormy and Jessica and I I think I never there were a lot of things I, I don't think that Stormy or Jessica are real divas like I wouldn't go that far but there's you could tell their mentality was different. Like yeah, because we were raised things. different. Oh yeah, we totally did. But this is making me realize why? why. Oh my god, yeah, we could expect wardrobe money. We could expect anything, right? You know, and you know what else? They always shipped us our product and never charged us, charged us even shipping. Mm-hmm. They just shipped us our VHS back in the day. My right. big boxes of VHS would come to the club, and they just you just call up and they'd put them together for you. Like it was like it was awesome. So like, and they it- made posters for every movie we did. Like they gave us so much. I would drive up to the valley because at the time I was living in Huntington Beach. Metro and Calvista was my company. They were over on Satakoy. I could still remember the street. I would wind up and pull into the back. The warehouse guys would come out and they'd load my car with slicks and posters. And, you know, that really helped on the road. Right. Having product support as a sales rep of a line, which is what we are. Right. Having that support, like any other business would do, was awesome. Right. No, they treated us so well. That's so interesting. I, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. It makes me really, like, like I'm thinking back now. Like, at all like these if you were the contract girl back like... then, you had your own makeup artist. And all right. the other girls used a different makeup artist. Right. That person was just fucking with you all day. Just right. making sure you were good. I mean, Wicked... 
kind of did that yeah. for me but that's only because i'm so picky with my makeup and i think my face is just you know i'm asian like mm-hmm. it's i'm not gonna have the same makeup artist as the white girl and and not all makeup artists or... can cover different skin tones totally. properly and eyes totally. and everything else they're just used to a certain look but i mean it's different but you know this last movie i shot mm-hmm. uh, i shot at the ranch the mm-hmm. randall ranch i had holly shoot the movie and I really showed talent what it was like back then because I lived at the ranch for the shoot. So every night I would take care of everything in the kitchen area, set up the coffee pot for the morning. In the morning I'd make, I have a Nutribullet there. I made smoothies. This is what it was like at one time. We break every day from one to two for lunch break where everybody sits. We don't talk about porn. We were passing around different funny YouTube videos. Here mm-hmm. we are. There's 10 of us sitting at a table. Mm-hmm. Male talent arrives. He has a little lunch if he wants it. I'm trying to bring back that pace mm-hmm. where we're connected we're listening to some music we're enjoying each other and we're remembering that this is a fun job right. that we are doing something great we're creating something sensual for other people to enjoy and we're gonna have a good time while we're here right and so making the girls feel more valuable reminding mm-hmm. them to pick a, a photo or two that they like so they can show it to the makeup artist so they can have mm-hmm. the makeup the way they want it it's not up right. to me it's up to them I want her to feel beautiful so just like expressing how much choice they should have and things that they should do that's crazy because like I, I feel like I got a little taste of that being at Wicked and like honestly like now I think I'm just in this weird limbo space right now where I don't know what I'm doing I don't know if I'm shooting I don't know if I remember I'm that gonna go feeling. freelance I, yep. I, I just don't know mm-hmm. like it's not I don't feel more one way over any that's other. why I took a year to make my decision right, which is kind of what I'm doing mm-hmm. and you know it's that thing where you never want to compromise when it's your body is the product mm-hmm. and like but I keep thinking like, man, it's going to be, I, I've been spoiled at Wicked. I've been spoiled by being a contract girl. I've been spoiled by picking my makeup artist and like, you know, only working three times a month or three days a month, I should say. And and like, so, and that makes it so that like, I don't mind being on set till 2 a.m. Right. That's fun when it's once a month. Right. You know, and like, but I can't imagine having years like that and then coming into this gonzo world and that's why when i was thinking about coming back i entertained some offers mm-hmm. um but i was afraid to shoot for other people mm-hmm. and i realized my biggest hold up wasn't what i was going to be doing mm-hmm. it was the environment i was going to be doing it in the people that i might have to be exposed to i'm still a little i still lack a little bit of trust for the list of people i saved every single person's information that jumped on that bandwagon and mm-hmm. i saved all their fucked up tweets mm-hmm. and now when they reach out to me by direct message asking me to hire them i just send them back their tweet from mm-hmm. 2015 sorry right no you jumped on a bandwagon so I was afraid and that's then I, crazy to me that someone would have the audacity to do that they completely forget they jumped on the bandwagon or they'll that's say oh crazy. you know I was friends with so-and-so this time I just did it no in this world that we live in you don't just jump on a negative bandwagon and bully somebody right. for any reason it's unacceptable right so then I realized what would make me comfortable and I sat down with Holly who I was going to have as my camera girl for whoever was going to book me because I told them like I want to pick my crew mm-hmm. I wanna, and as we were sitting there talking and, and going through things and I really thought about it and I'm like is it going to kill me to put my money forward and do this myself and just really take away that last level of anxiety so I just booked one two day shoot two or three day shoot but with one only one sex scene mm-hmm. the rest was just me catching up on solos for my site me getting used to being in front of the camera it's different for me now. I'm yielding a body that's 50 pounds less. Mm-hmm. So angles look different. Things look different. Well, not only that, I've my noticed boobs, every I, time I... reduced I, my boobs as well. Every t- Oh, did you? Yep, I went smaller. That was the day after I retired. I was in surgery. But like even just posing for photos in general, I think is it, it's definitely like a muscle memory thing yeah. where like you have to kind of get back into the groove. Sure. 
Like it's, and then I hold on to that scene, deciding whether I was going to release it or mm-hmm. not. And that was when I started talking about my deal with Evil Angel. They're mm-hmm. distributing for me and all of that. And I love the fact that I'm doing this my way. Not one photo is leaking off of a set that I don't like because mm-hmm. I'm in control of all the photos. Mm-hmm. I decide which ones are being processed. Mm-hmm. When PR comes out and they grabbed a photo from the scene, I'm like, oh, it doesn't matter. I didn't let anyone see You've a bad photo. You've already approved all right. of them. But that's the anxiety too is weird right. shit comes up and people don't process the photos properly or they don't select properly and you look cross-eyed in one and they don't mm-hmm. care and all these things happen. But controlling it yourself... It's really time consuming, this, but it's really fun. Has this, like, because of that, do you think this has been your favorite round? Me too. Yeah, for yeah. sure. For sure. Because I Just hate to control. say it, I like being the boss. Yeah. I mean, I don't think anyone would argue that about you. You know what I mean? Like, whether you're the boss or not, you're the boss. And I'm organized <laughs> about being the boss, whereas everything is discussed in advance. Mm-hmm. So, like, Holly and I at the ranch, we had our ideas already set. So, those days when her crew and her crew arrived, they were already out setting up in those areas. It wasn't mm-hmm. like, so what are we going to do today? The the hour long of lollygagging back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, I also love buying wardrobe for my girls because this reason. Do you remember how good it would feel when you got your short shoot wardrobe? And it said wardrobe on set because you didn't have to pack a bag. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you were anxious about Mm -hmm. people you were shooting for because you didn't trust their Mm -hmm. wardrobe on set. Well, I know the girls trust me. Right. And it's not that hard to get a new pair of shoes for every girl. For I'm not buying good shoes. You spend 35 bucks on Amazon right. for a pair of shoes, but they're brand new. Right. They, ma- they match the outfit. Go in a trashy for some bikinis and picking up no, things. No, it does feel good. And they don't have to pack a bag. Yeah, it does show feel up. good. Even seeing your own name on a script feels good yeah. as opposed to girl one. Oh. You know? Like any little bit that – I think every all of those things make for a better scene. And I think you can always tell when a director used to be a performer – especially a woman because those are the little things that like they they really fucking add up and it all and I ask the girl give me your top five guys Mm -hmm. and then I spend time that day trying to line up I try Mm -hmm. to go with her top three but Mm -hmm. even if it's not a guy that I would choose if I'm gonna make my part my co-star happy and she's gonna be in my um, that's fine Mm mm-hmm that works for her. That's fine. It's her vagina, not mine. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. so so it is fun to have your, your fingers on the pulse with every detail and also not Who be afraid. Who are your go-to guys? So I just started working with Marcus Dupree and I love him. You know, I never got to work with God, him. I heard he's, he's amazing. Ama- he was trained by Rocco, so it's just like fucking Rocco. Mm-hmm course who doesn't love Johnny Sins of course and we have a great history since I was his first agent and he is my one success story from my agency Wait, you discovered Johnny Sins I, he was brought to me from a guy that was shooting him regularly I can't remember who it was that brought him to me but he was doing like a bunch of like like a che- word of mouth thing. yeah he was doing what was his name it'll come, I think it was Chico Okay. Um, and he was, you know, paying him like 300 bucks, you know, yeah. or whatever. And so he came to my office. We actually went across the street to Boca de Peppa for lunch. I'd never taken a client to lunch before, but I just knew this guy was going to be something. Okay. And then a couple of months later, I flew to Montreal and got him his first contract with Brazzers. I actually wanted to ask you that. So, like, what is the process of a guy auditioning for an agency isn't an audition it just he's I got to pick. watch I got to watch tape of his already okay like because but what see, if there's but, a guy like who's for other guys new. like I found guys on MySpace when I had my age you just look at their dick and you just hope to god they can keep it hard during the scene and come on time because literally that's good, it 
So you you just get a dick pic and yep. go based on that. Yep. But there were some guys that had already done some amateur stuff. So right. they would actually send me a CD. Right. Like, hey, I did this amateur. I mean, I met Chris Strokes, I think, on MySpace, if I'm not mistaken. What? Yeah. You've discovered so many. Yeah. 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 There were Those quite are a few two guys. huge stars. I know. I know. But Johnny and I had a great working relationship. So he's another one of my go-to guys. Prince, because our fans just fucking love us together. Yeah. They really, really do. Yeah. I love Isaiah Maxwell. I just worked he's for my great. first he's time with Ricky guy. Johnson. Okay. And he's adorable. Mm-hmm. And I had a great scene with him. Mm-hmm, just a great mm-hmm. scene. Um, you know, I'm, and I'm, I'm going like, I got Tony Rebus coming up, like a mm-hmm. nice little rotation. But I love the European performers because they're a little bit more aggressive. Um, I have. I also think you have this, you let your guard down with a European performer because you're not going to gross them out. No. Like anything that happens, they're going to be like, oh my God, that's so hot. Yeah. <laughs> no. So it's, it's it's totally you're different. so comfortable just right. like letting loose. Right. And you know how it is. It's hard to meet new guys. And also for me, I'm afraid that they'll overthink it and be freaked out. Yeah. So that's always a you. tough one because it's me. Yeah. You know, so that's always a tough one. But um, it's been really fun putting I it together. I would imagine you have a lot of bad scenes because of that. Oh Not because of you, but because, just because. when you charge more, the companies try and save money by hiring a cheaper guy, <laughs> which makes no fucking sense to well, me. Not I remember that, being on but... set one day and looking at the director and my favorite expression when it's not working is like, why are you making me push rope up a hill? <laughs> I see the Wiley e. Coyote on some Acme Roadrunner shit. And here I am just trying to put, you can't push rope up a hill. Okay. I cannot get it in there, you know? And so like, that was like, rope that, up a hill. that's oh when God. I started, you know, about 2012, I started producing some of my own movies and mm-hmm. I stopped shooting for other people as much. Mm-hmm. So there were multiple reasons. One reason was I didn't want to be on set anymore for 12 hours, mm-hmm. you know? And the second reason was I didn't want to work with lame guys. No, if you're doing porn, you may as well be having the best sex of your life. Yeah. I or mean. at least like you cannot have sex with a limp rope. You right, know what I mean? Right. You at least have to be getting some good penetration. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And also like, you know, the guy's taking way too much Viagra. He's beat red in the face. It looks like he's going to have a heart attack right in front mm-hmm. of you. And in your mind, you're going, if I don't get this going, I don't get a paycheck. Mm hmm. And I might have to come back and do this again because we already shot pictures. Right. That was my favorite. When the guy would fail, the company, instead of hiring a new guy, would hire the same guy to come back. And they'd say, well, you guys already shot the pictures. I'm like, do you think he wants to face me? Right. I don't want to face him. Right. I'm it's only going to be that much harder. Get hard. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Oh man, it's like that fine thing of like you don't, you don't. I mean, you obviously you don't want to act like it's a weird thing mm-hmm. because you don't want to make them feel weirder. But it's also like, come on. Like you had one job. Yeah, and I get that not all but guys. But everyone can do has it. a bad day. Yeah, like no I doubt. definitely get that. But yeah, there's of course there's the thing of anytime you're making up a scene the next day, it's awkward. Oh, it's so awkward. It's like a, you're driving back to the same location yeah. with the same wardrobe, hoping the same thing doesn't happen. Yeah. And Why you know everyone's just, thinking just it. Scrap the photos. You, you know everyone's got, thinking I know. It. And the second your dick is hard, you know so, everyone's like, Yes. So for you, <laughs> if you decided ever to come back and work for other people, you just have to be very specific and mm-hmm. you have to tell them like the only way I can do this is if I'm in my comfort zone and this is what it's going to take for me to be in my comfort zone right and you know I think the no phones on set rule is a great idea Mm -hmm. because it keeps everybody more connected and it also keeps people from putting out photos that you're not ready to be put out there yet Mm -hmm. like you know all of this controlling the content a little bit right you know so if you do decide to do it just be specific or do it yourself right so for you like coming back like in your mind and maybe like you don't even have a grand plan but like is this is are you here like for your final run you're gonna do the final couple of years and just go hard or 
are you back for good? Are you just going to produce I would say forever? I'm back for good. I'll produce forever. I won't be in the scenes, of course, forever, but I'll produce mm-hmm. forever. Um, I am trying to work towards getting, being a part of the FSC board. Mm-hmm. You know, I do want to be more political. I just went out and did a panel at uh, Phoenix Forum. I would like to, I have more people reaching out to me than ever, whether it's agents or other girls saying, hey, can you talk to my friend? You know, she's going through something. So I think it's an important place of being that sports radio is the secondary great escape. Like mm-hmm. after I'm I'm editing photos or doing something for hours. I've got fantasy baseball playing and I'm watching a baseball game. Mm-hmm. So that gives me a nice little balance where You're I don't kind of fall into like the best life. Right yeah. Now. So I'm not really forcing any time change, yeah. any like, Oh, I'm only going to do this much. I'm just living in this moment mm-hmm. and I'm appreciating everything so much more. I'm happier mm-hmm. to be on set. I'm not working myself to the bones. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, Having a nice pace. Right. Really nice pace. Yeah, you look great. Like, Thanks. you look so happy and healthy. Thank you. I'm glad. I'm glad I get a lot it. of sleep now, too. <laughs> I never let myself sleep enough. Remember I told you in Austin that I only sleep yeah. four hours a day? When I retired, I was like, okay, let's see what it's like to sleep eight hours. No right. matter what, make yourself sleep eight hours. For the first six months, I couldn't fall asleep after the fourth hour. And now I just take an edible before bed and I can sleep. Like I zonk out and I wake up and I feel amazing and sleep. Like you don't crave bad food all day. Right. You're not jonesing for sugar. Right. You can work out really hard when you're rested. Right. So, and I'm also a vegan now. You are? Mm-hmm. What? What? Why? I made the switch last October. Why? 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 So I went to Convert paleo me. for two and a half years. Okay. And I was eating, you know, whatever you can grow or kill. So I was doing it. So that made an easy first step. So getting rid of all the processed food, all the mm-hmm. condiments, all that stuff out of my life. Um, which I think I gave up condiments like seven or eight years ago. And then I slowly started to remove things. Well, then... Last summer, I was preparing to start doing more charity work. So I'm doing walks. I do, did a walk in October for Alzheimer's research. I'm doing charity events in different cities this year with radio stations mm-hmm. I work with in sports. Um, and during that time, I started to really watch a lot of documentaries. Well, it was my last fucking documentary on what we do to our meats and dairy mm-hmm. here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. It was also learning how much polluted water is in the U.S. Is it a health thing or a humane thing? It's a health thing. Okay. It's a health thing. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? The day before the walk, I said to my girlfriend, I'm going to try it for six months. I'm yeah. going to journal how I feel. Yeah. And I said, it's not a, it's, it's not a do or die thing for me. It's just something I want to see how I feel. And right. I will tell you this. I've read that animal products can make some people aggressive. Mm-hmm. And I feel that that may have been an effect for me because I have a more type A, real high strong personality. The first couple months, I just kept texting my girlfriend like, dude, I feel so chill. And she's like, well, that's because you're more well-rested because your body isn't using as much blood sugar trying to break down a piece of meat. Like Mm -hmm. when you just eat vegetables, beans, quinoa, and this stuff, she's like, you release all that stuff every day. You don't carry Mm -hmm. something you're trying to break down. Mm -hmm. Now, when I go to other countries, I might be more likely to eat some cheese and meat. You know what's crazy? In Europe, it's so hard to eat vegetables. Yeah. I feel like every time I'm in Europe, it, a week will go by and I'm like, I don't think Unless I've had a Unless you buy them at the at right. a market. Right. Right. But like if you're eating out, yeah. which on vacation you do a lot, yeah. you're like, holy shit. Yeah. I haven't even had a salad. You have to. You have to make an effort for <laughs> yeah. it. But so I've tried it. So you feel better. I haven't been sick once since. How long has it been? Since last October. That you've been vegan. Yep. 
Um, I've found I have my Instapot and I can't live without it. And I've oh. always have soups going. And I just find that everything I'm putting in my body now is so nutrient dense. Yeah. There's no filler food. Right. There's no bun on something. There's no things that are just filling you up. It's like split pea soup, which is incredibly high in protein and mm-hmm, iron. Mm-hmm. Salads. I always have beans in my fridge. I do still eat eggs, mm-hmm. but I buy them from a local farmer. And one of the things that I added into my life last year was I go to this beautiful little farmer's market every Tuesday afternoon. And I buy everything local grown. I buy everything from the farmers directly. And mm-hmm, I love mm-hmm. it. And I buy my eggs there. And I just cut up half the produce that night, put the rest in the fridge, have everything ready to easily make things. I just feel better. I just right. really feel better. I can't believe that. Well, that's I was, enough. And I was worried about people said, oh, you're going to lose your muscle density. I am doing B12 shots once a week, mm-hmm. um, but I haven't lost my muscle no, density you're super at all. Tone. Yeah. And I'm, st- and I'm able to lift more. I'm able yeah. to, it's just bizarre maybe i'll try it and when i do cheat like i have a pizza with cheese on it or yeah. something right away i break out now because that's how oh, clean your my body, system is right and it just wants to get rid of it so yes fast, yes like, through any the one necessary. downside i will say is i definitely get drunk faster and have worse hangovers so i have to okay. really watch my drinking which well, is something i've only done four times terrible. so far yeah. this year you're not like a crazy no drinker anyway, right? no i've, I've done it four times do. already this year that's it yeah so no right all right um, so I actually have some listener questions. Ooh. Will you answer them with yes. me? Yes. So these are actually like general porn questions. Um, ask a porn star. Uh, so I, we kind of touched on this already, but like I wanted to ask you specifically this. And this is a question I get so often that I can't even like name who asked it. How do dudes get into porn? So I would say now it's very different. They can do some amateur videos, whether they're shot POV style on their phone or however they want to shoot them and they can upload them to agencies and the agencies can link them with small shoots or group shoots or things to start out with. But really now it's about collecting footage because I can normally look at a guy and be like, Oh, that guy can fuck, but not everybody can do that. So they need footage. now. Interesting. Wait, what is it? Is it just a sixth sense? It's just a sixth sense. Yeah. I kind of know what you mean. Yeah. There's a a certain swagger that comes with a guy who can fuck and, and is, I think it's confidence, honestly. Yes. Yeah. And also I can tell when I interact with them in person right away if they're going to be able to do it or not. Right. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. And I can go on a date with a guy and be sitting at dinner and during dinner I'll be like, I can't go home with this guy as much as I'd like to have sex with him because he's going to fail and then he's going to regret it and he's never going to want to see me again. We'll do you never go talk on dates again. A lot? I love to date. <laughs> So I have my my nice group of guys that Wait, I have sex with. Wait, are you like on with. Tinder? No, <laughs> that's way too scary. I can't even imagine. I you. date through friends. Okay. Um, I date through acquaintances. Um, sometimes I date through social media. Right. You know, but but I just love to, and I have a nice group of guys in my life that take me on dates that I like what I call repeat offenders. <sighs> guys that maybe once a month we go out for dinner, we have right. a great night of sex, and we don't talk again for weeks. Then right. We see each other the following month. Are you a relationship person? I've only been in one relationship my entire that marriage yeah. was. That's your only relationship? Yeah. That's what, what I've had some what's up short with that? I I'm just I don't know and I'll be 46 next week. You can't so be tamed. clearly yeah my my ex-husband would say that I was like catching a tiger by its tail. Um I just love my independence. Uh-huh. I don't see a purpose in it right now because it's so consuming. Right. And I want to be a free bird. And so it's like, you know, when you're dating someone and you get offered a 5-week trip to Italy, you have to talk to them about it. Right. 
You have to I don't take even have a pet for this reading. Reason. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I am like, and I know it's horrible, but one day I will have a dog. I promise you this when I'm retired and I have a yard and a garden and I'm that lady. Right. I'm, I'm striving to be that lady. Right. But right now, this lady needs to be out and about and cannot be worried about somebody coming in to let her fucking dog. Right, right. So it's the same thing with a relationship. Do you think you could ever be monogamous? I do think I could be monogamous. There's, like in your heart of hearts. In my heart of hearts, 100%. But when I'm shooting scenes, I don't want to be in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Because I just feel like it's too much for me. I'm having sex no, with I other people. It's just, I'm, I want to be completely free. It, I will say nothing is as fun as doing porn single. Yes. Because you can allow yourself to yes. go there. You don't yes. have those weird rules yep. or the certain people you can't work with. Not on because of your shit, but because of their shit. Right. And for me, like being with Tony was the perfect marriage for while I did porn (laughs) because like he was so like we really led our own lives. We had our own bedrooms, like none of our friends intermingled. Everything was separate, but it was perfect. Yeah. Because like I had that relationship, but I also had your own own life. Yeah. And not many relationships can be that way. Not at all. And it's a good way to go because it doesn't allow you to lose yourself. It was good for a while. It lasted. And I'd be like, oh, I'm going to New York tomorrow. And it wasn't like a thing. Yeah. It wasn't a thing. But at the same time, now I'm at the place where it's like, well, if I'm going to have a relationship, it's almost like I'm half-assing the relationship. I agree. That's you know how I, I feel mean? about it. Yep. Like I got to have all the things I wanted as the single person, but I was half-assing the relationship. So at the end of the day, what's the point? I got, that's how you know? I feel about it. it that's so, At the end of the day, what is the point? Right. And it's not that you can't have love and affection no, for people right. that you date. Right. You can have intimacy mm-hmm. with them. You can tell them you love them. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's perfectly fine. We don't have to label as it being the only at right now. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I think being the uber-sexual woman that I am mm-hmm. and the things that I do, it's also less pressure for me as a person. Mm-hmm. It's hard to be me and have someone else deal with everything that comes along with being me going out people asking for photos Mm -hmm. uh, everyone you know maybe their friends making an off-color remark about their your Mm -hmm. scenes my scenes Mm -hmm. and so that pressure weighs in my head even though the other person might not be going through the same thing as me at all Mm -hmm. that extra weight is heavy on me yeah and it really takes away a little bit of my go -go. no for sure I I think that's that comes with dating any porn star, I think, is just like you have to deal with their reality. And yeah. That's like not and I'd rather just not most... like I'm fine with my reality, but right. I can't expect others to right. be. And though you might be today, maybe next Wednesday you realize you've had enough. Right. You know, and that I remember being married and having that being on the back of my mind then. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was heavy. And so I guess maybe that's one of the reasons I haven't gotten back in. I'm also a super uber loner. Mm-hmm. And I love being alone mm-hmm. and I don't get much time to be alone because you're, you're, you're on the phone in the morning, you're yep. doing your stuff, then you're going to the gym, then you have a meeting and doing this. So it's like, I look forward to knowing like every Friday night I do laundry, I watch basketball, I tinker on my computer. I have my certain nights where like it's I'm in my time. living room in front of my fireplace right. with a movie and no phones, but, and I like to do that alone and I don't feel like I'm missing anything. Right. So when it's meant to be, I'm not opposed. Right. You know, I'm hoping that I can be like Tara Patrick and go to Italy and meet the Italian man of my dreams right. and, and move over to Italy. But you never know. Like, I want just some just broken English speaking. But I think that even goes with, like, exactly what you're saying is, like, you want to be able to be open to all these things. Right. And you don't want to have to make decisions Like, I like to fuck else. when I'm on vacation. Right. And if you're dating someone, you don't even pack condoms. And to me, when condoms don't enter my suitcase on a trip, it's like I've lost all hope in my reality. <laughs> I pack condoms in this little decorative bag. It has lube in it. Take it on every fucking trip. And if there's times I've forgotten it because I've been busy, I'll unpack my bag in my hotel room and I'll say, Lisa, 
you have no fucking hope. What is wrong with you? <laughs> you had one job. <laughs> one job. You have no hope in your life? You don't think you're going to get any? Why would you not? I mean, and, and here's the funny part get about it together. this. You know there's stores everywhere, especially going to New York next week. You know I could buy a condom at any time of the right. night. But there is something about a woman carrying them herself and preparing for, ooh, I might have some hotel sex that excites me. You know, exciting and also, like, I'd say that's incredibly empowering. I think, like, anytime. I find going to the movies by myself empowering. Yeah. Like anytime a woman is doing something she's not supposed to be doing, like, you know, carrying condoms. I felt that my first couple of years feature dancing and, and especially when I would get upgraded to first class because mm-hmm. in the 90s, the only people in first class were men. Oh, wow. It was male business travelers. Right. In the early 90s, you didn't see women all the time traveling right. and sitting up in first class. Now you can walk up through first class. It's 90% women. Like, we are really making our way. And right. I remember feeling independent as a young girl right. traveling by myself. I was like, And there's something that, like, exciting. gets me off on just the empowerment alone. Yep. You know? Walking through the airport by myself, going to another country, not being afraid. Mm-hmm. Next question. Next question. Um, at Mr. Paraguay 12 asks, what's a fantasy that you haven't fulfilled in your personal life yet? And I suppose that could mean, I'm sure he means sexual, but in any capacity. That's a really good one. Because, you know, when I masturbate, I don't put condoms on in my masturbation. And so obviously I'm masturbating to condom-free sex. (laughs) With, like, random people that I've never met before. Right. You know what I mean? Like, at the Target bathroom. Right. You know what I mean? Like... (laughs) So that, so it's condom like, free sex in a Target weird, bathroom. Here's this weird thing I have with Target. Every time I see a hot mom going in the bathroom at Target, I think to myself, you think she's fucking. I, I bet there's a glory hole in there. You've been doing milf porn way too long. I bet there's a glory hole in there. Her kids are roaming freely through the fucking Target. She's up in there. She moved the toilet paper holder thing over. There's the glory hole. Like. I've, you know, the only times I've ever seen a glory hole in real life in general have been for like primarily like like gay meetup spots. God, I've never seen one in real life. Like, oh. I go into every shady gas station bathroom I can just to see. No, mine weren't even in bathrooms though. They were like in like the um, you know, those like um jerk off booths. Oh yeah, and, I've like, seen them in stores. there in adult bookstores. Yeah. yeah. So like, but I I've never actually seen one in like a real life situation i think there's one at the woodland hills target oh really let's go we're going after this we're gonna build one and this is another thing about my mind the year that i was considering coming back Mm -hmm. every day a scenario happens that i'll text one of my friends like porno idea and it's something that i've had this moment like the first time i was at target and saw this hot mom going in the bathroom and he was like oh that'd be hot you know and so i'm always thinking porn wise right it is where I meant You're to be. You're always producing porn <laughs> yes, in your head, yes. whether or not. And, and when I masturbate, I don't put a condom on. And I think that's like probably a common thing. Mm-hmm. But it triggers me with the condom laws and the business and how people feel about it. And I'm like, I guess I'm clumped into that. No one wants to watch anybody with a condom, even though I use them in my regular life. And I wish we used them in movies because it mm-hmm. would just be easier. But why do I go there afterwards? I'm like, you know, you didn't put a condom on your fantasy with all those guys yeah. in the bathroom at the target. <laughs> I mean, you should th- probably go get tested. <laughs> yeah. But at the end of the day, it's true though. People don't watch condom porn. I, I mean, that's just like the facts, I you know, know? It, it would be silly to say otherwise. All right. Final question. comes from at James and J 55. What's the strangest compliment you've ever read about yourself online? Ooh, I got a compliment I loved the other day. It was probably one of my best compliments I've ever gotten. It was from a girlfriend of mine. She said it on Twitter, but she said, your vibe inspires me. Ooh. And I was like, oh my God, that's so Angela Bessett slash Oprah. I'm so happy right now. Um, <laughs> that is an ultimate, ultimate compliment yeah. though. I mean, it's your it's very your essence. should be everything. Yeah. Strangest compliment. 
I, 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 I don't know. I think all my, I think all my best compliments are like rumors and they're not even true. Oh. Like I heard a rumor about myself that I went to Harvard and I was like, I'll take it. I'm not yep. going to dispute that. <laughs> or also like, I'll I read. mean Mensa. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm like, I'm pretty sure they meant Asia Carrera, but whatever. I'll take it. <laughs> or like, or like I'll see, you know, how like your net worth is on the internet and it'll be like $10 million. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. I mean, I'm not going to publicly dispute that, you know, like <laughs> that's true. That is, that, that is very, very true. That is, that is, I get a lot of compliments on my voice. Yeah, you have a really nice voice. And I've never liked my voice. Like, you know, when you first had an answering machine, which you probably never did. No, I but did. With a tape? But yeah. With mm-hmm. a tape? Yeah. Where you had to rewind the tape? Mm-hmm. Okay. So you would hear your voice, and how many times did you re record it? Right. Because you hated your voice. Right. And now here I am. I'm selling my voice by selling ads for companies right. and recording these ads. And I'm like, I guess it's okay. It's funny how you. St- to it you get to because like I'll have like my friend and I will record something and then they'll be like oh my god I can't listen to my voice and I'm like god I'm so used to it um, yeah you but I remember feeling like that yeah. and in radio when I took my first couple classes with Sirius the first thing they said was you have to go back and listen to your shows now I was already doing that because when I my boss hired me he said every mm-hmm. time you do your show you should listen to it right mm-hmm. after and write notes mm-hmm. this way you learn words that you're saying too much I listen to everything you know and so I, I started listening to it and I was mm-hmm. like oh this is great and I started to get better well when they said that in the show in the class every pretty much 80 percent of the host was like I could never do that I don't listen to my own voice I hear <gasps> that a lot I was I like hear a what lot. you're in the business of selling your voice you do you should... watch your own porn on occasion yeah if it's stuff I watch I've all put of it together, Excuse me, if it's stuff I've put together and I know it was a good scene, yes. Mm-hmm. If it's a day that I don't want to remember, no. Well, yeah, obviously. If it's a day where the little area where we were shooting the scene looks dope, but I remember seeing a total crack house looking thing going on over there and a guy walking out of a weird bedroom and going into the bathroom, you know, like shit like that. You know what? We're we're in your house right now and I think like, I, I think we probably have this in common, but environment is everything to me. Everything. Like it will affect my mood mm-hmm. or what kind of day I'm having to the point where like, I like to watch guys jerking off. Like that's the porn I like to the point where like, if there's a hamper with shit sticking out in the background, oh, I'm like, I can't, I can't masturbate it. to I this. Know. Like I'm you just ruined it. You're so hot. I, Your I, I troll webcam sites to look at the girls' rooms and, <laughs> yeah. and be like, okay, your Get laundry is visible. So, you know, you might think it's off the far corner, but your lens is wider than you think. I see that you try to push all the mess out of frame, right. but it's not out of frame. Also put a goddamn so painting wait, up. You like watching guys masturbate. Yes, so do I you do, do webcam? I don't do webcam. Why not? For Privates, a while I you was. can watch the masturbate. For a while I was. And we were doing like the... One-on-one privates. The, right. Or not even the privates. I would just like turn on their cam. Like I wasn't even doing the private okay. thing. I didn't even get that far. Okay. Um, but there's something about webcam that I just don't like. Like I love OnlyFans. I really like... I get off... Like I see... Masturbating on camera to me is like an extension of my. So when life. you masturbate on camera for your OnlyFans, you shoot it yourself. How long mm-hmm. do you let the videos be? Because I have a hard time uploading oh, content whatever. sometimes. Sometimes it's thirty seconds. Sometimes they're not it's long. Twenty minutes. Like it's. I have a hard time uploading a twenty-minute video to OnlyFans. Yeah, you know what? It's not easy. I find that like the magic number is ten minutes. Okay. Past ten minutes, it seems to just like drag. I was doing four to six minutes. So long that you give up because yep. you have to move on with your day. Yep. Because yep. you know how you can't close the but browser. But it is OnlyFans is an awesome fucking. It's app. a great platform. It really is. And so, like for me, that's like an extension of my sex okay. life. But like webcaming, something about it to me is so boring. So I did it for my first time the other night mm-hmm. in years. Mm-hmm. I did it with Cam Soda. Mm-hmm. 
And it was different this time because I had a ton of work to do that day. I didn't masturbate in the morning. And when I got online, they have a toy, a device, a lovence, and it's it it's connected to Bluetooth. And when the guy's putting coins, it vibrates. What? So I was like, so you're you know literally what? getting off. I on fucking masturbated you. the whole hour. I masturbated. I was like, fuck it. I had an intense day. I was You're trying like, to I'm upload never some content. It wouldn't go through. And you know, so I didn't read. There were all these things going on where there's like a mm-hmm. wheel that's spinning and someone's rolling dice. You're supposed to like mm-hmm. smack your ass. Pinch your... I'm like, you know what? And it was one hour and it flew by I and I had a great night's that. sleep. The thing for me too is like, I'm very like, um, I like to do things when I like to do them. And the second I commit to something, like even going something as simple as going on cam from my house at 9 p.m., like that to me is a turn off. It gives you anxiety. Yeah. You're mapping it out too much. Where yeah. the only fans you can do it at your leisure. Yeah. Like Completely I'm like, I understand feel like that. It right now I'm going to do it. Completely understand that. And if it that. doesn't happen in the next one minute, I'm not doing it. See, we have the same mindset. Mm-hmm. Do you still have a website? Mm-hmm. So how ahead are you on your content for your website? Actually, so my website, I'm not ahead at all because I haven't shopped for it in five years. Okay. It's just kind of, yeah, whatever dwindling um but I will say everything else I'm so ahead on because that anxiety of having to meet that deadline stresses me out do you go to the airport two hours early oh my god at least I would much rather (laughs) I sit in the lounge and you know what I get work done I'll take my laptop I'll do the same shit I was gonna putz around with at home but I can't I can't and you know what I dated a guy who was always late for the airport we traveled a lot together I would meet him at the airport yeah I couldn't take it like you want to come running in here asking people to move at the security line that's on you yeah I can't live that life yeah it's it ruins or that feeling of sitting in the car and you can't control traffic and you're you know you're going to be I also map out my flights very carefully Mm -hmm. the 6 a.m out of LA yes there's no traffic at 3 30 in the morning when I'm driving there that early right and there's parking's no issue everything else I do not put myself in a situation yeah no um, when you land at LAX at like anywhere between before 11 p.m. It's just a nightmare. Like, I love the 10 p.m. flight out of JFK. Get mm-hmm. you back here like 1 a.m. Mm-hmm. That's the shit. There's mm-hmm. no traffic. You're home. Fuck it. It's an odd time. You still get that extra day right. in New York. You make it work. But Are you still in New York a lot? A lot. I still go back about every other month. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm having my party, my birthday party next weekend. Yeah. I love there. Which do you prefer? For, I'm more socially active in New York. Absolutely. I'm definitely more involved with people. I love the park. I love the freedom of just walking around and going a different street every day and people watching. I love all of that. But I love the weather in L.A. Yeah. And I love the pace and how easy. It's so much harder to eat healthy in New York because there's so much temptation. The pizza place down below from my building was open till 5 in the morning. I could never get a cat back and not stop there. Also, you can get anything seamless. (laughs) Anything, Anything. 24 hours. Yeah. So here it's not so much. Everything you said is exactly what I'm thinking now. Because right now I'm trying to decide, like, do I sell my house in L.A. and just live in New York full time? Or do I do keep going by coastal? But it's exactly that. I love my life in New York. I love that I can meet up with 10 people throughout the day and there's no commitment to spend the whole day with them. Mm-hmm. I love that I can walk anywhere. Mm-hmm. Doing nothing in New York is fun. I can go to a Knicks game by walking. Here I got to sit in traffic, go to Staples Center. Right. But L.A. is... LA I mean the weather is nice yeah but it's lonely you know it's 
the it's, people are LA not is, as cool. LA is a great place when you're going to grind. Right now, I'm working my ass off between putting out my new content, working on my site, doing my podcast, you know, all the things I've got. Mm-hmm. So that's great because in LA, you got to plan everything in advance because of traffic. So I will plan in when I'm going to see my friends. Right. We'll map all this out. Whereas in New York, you'd be a lot more spontaneous. But I think almost because of that, you never do see your friends. I make a big plan, but that was something that I changed about myself when I left the business. Like uh-huh. I started to put work days in my schedule as much as I put in off days mm-hmm. social days like schedule in your I've off been days. doing it a nature yeah. day with a girlfriend once a week where we just pick a different spot in LA we mm-hmm. rented bikes in Santa Monica like just doing things yeah. that are away from life yeah that's the way to do it that's you gotta force really yourself to do, to do it, it. but LA like is... this trip back to New York I'm not doing a thing no PR no interviews no work mm-hmm. I just want to wander Mm-hmm. The weather's nice. I just want to see some friends, take some There's walks. nothing like New York in the summer. I know. They're really, it's just a vibe. All right. So we're actually coming to the end of the podcast and I end every episode the same way. Do you know that show Inside Actors Studio? Yes, I do. So he asked the same 10 questions. It's like a personality quiz at the end of each episode. And I'm going to ask you those. Okay, let's do it. So don't give it too much thought. Just you, no explanation necessary. What is your favorite word? I don't want to give it too much thought. I guess I would say awesome. You do say that a lot. Yeah. (laughs) What is your least favorite word? Hate. What turns you on? Um, Energy. Good energy. Good vibe. What turns you off? Bad energy. Bad manners. Bad vibe. You know, I don't like bad manners either. Men have better manners in New York. Yes. For That's sure. true. 100%. They make the effort to walk on the street side. Yep. They open the doors. Even strangers open doors more for women in New York than here. I Do you think that's like, also LA draws a more narcissistic kind of guy. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe that has something to do with it. Mm-hmm. Maybe their mothers are too But I just think LA. East Coast manners are different. Yeah. Because the moms more are embedded. strict. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what is your favorite curse word? It has to be fuck. What sound or noise do you love? Um, nature, birds chirping in the morning, animals outside. What sound or noise do you hate? Honking. Uh, why do people do it? Especially in New York. It's like you realize you're sitting in bumper to bumper traffic. Your honk is being muted out by your, the next guy's honk. Honking should not be a fuck you. Honking should be a warning. Yeah. Um, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? I, years ago, I wanted to be a sports agent. Um, oh, you'd kill it. I'll that. stick with that. Yeah. <laughs> I could see you being so good at that. Uh, what profession would you not like to do? I can't do anything around blood. I, I, I'm, I'm, I can't even watch like hospital TV shows. I don't watch anything violent. What about when you get tested? Does that bother you? It doesn't bother me at all. Nope. Yeah. You get so used to yep, that, huh? I'm going today. I feel so like whenever it. I get my blood drawn for a non-porn thing, and like if I'm it with someone, it bothers you different. Well, no, not even it bothers me different, but I feel like a fucking superstar because I'm like, I'm like, I can watch the needle go in. Yep. My veins are huge yep, from getting my blood drawn for so long. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, I got this. Uh, all right, and finally, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? I would like him to say there's where Peggy is and take me over to reunite with my neighbor Peggy that I grew up with. Aw, that's sweet. She died two days before her 102nd birthday. Oh, my gosh. So I had her for a good good yeah. portion of my life. Aw. Well, I'm sure you will be reunited. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And let's promote 
whatever you have. You can find me on social media at The Real Lisa Ann, Instagram and Twitter. Facebook is TRLA official. Every Sunday and Monday night, you can catch me on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. And don't forget about my new movie, Lisa Ann, back for more at Evil Angel Video. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>